On this episode, we talk New Year's resolutions, goals for 2016, and how to sell. everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Millennial Grind podcast. I'm your host, Chris Naff. And I'm Nicholas Scalise. And today we have a guest with us today. Let me introduce Bruno Coelho. He's with the podcast Millennials Helping Millennials on How to Sell. Bruno, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you, Chris and Nicholas, for having me here. Looking forward to talk about resolutions and goals. Yeah, so the ep- what, what, um, what we want to talk about today is as Bruno mentioned, resolutions and goals for 2016. And, um, you know, we'll we'll walk through that. But first, Bruno, to give everyone an idea who's listening, um, you know, could we find a little bit more about your podcast and why you think selling is really an important skill for millennials to have? Oh, absolutely. So, Chris, the one thing that I've noticed when, you know, um, talking with millennials uh, in my um, work, line of work, which is in the IT industry, namely in the software development industry, the number one skill that is lacking is the ability to sell. And actually, I was struggling myself when I started to, you know, um, working. Even though I had two degrees, I was struggling to find ways to turn those degrees and to turn my skills into actually money, all right? And getting access to the opportunities that I know that I could do a great job at, but simply those opportunities were not being presented to me because I was not selling how I could be so freaking valuable that would be, you know, um, a no-brainer for these opportunities to be presented to me. Um, so, and I, as I started to research about selling and about sales and how can we do this, how can we present ourselves in the marketplace in such a way that you, you can attract and close those opportunities. Right. Um, I started noticing that everybody else in the marketplace was struggling. You know, they, they were, okay, I have this degree. Why is not, uh, so easy for me as a, as I expected to get the job, to get the raise, to get the extra money, this and that. So, you know, as I, as I researched more about sales and started learning from other people who are doing really well in this uh, industry, in this skill, the more I learned, the easier it got for me to, to, to again, to get access to those opportunities and above all else, to turn my potential and use it all, all my potential, but actually, you know, turn it, it into money, which is a, an art form, you know. Right, <laughs> it yeah, was my- like... I think when people first hear the word selling, they think yeah. of like this sleazy environment where sales. people are trying to, you know, take advantage of you, right? Yeah, and push but you really, to, to buy something. Point, yeah. At any level, no matter what career you have, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what level you are in a company, you have to almost always be selling yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. But basically, this, this can be the best chocolate in the world best ever right but if i don't sell this nobody will knock on my door saying hey do you have that beautiful awesome chocolate right. not gonna happen so selling is really the thing that you said chris it's about more about giving that than it, it is about you know getting and pushing it's about understanding right. 
what are your most painful problem? Right. And it, and it starts with problems. exactly because we're living in a world where there's so many distractions and so many things that it's calling you for your attention. Right. You have you know, most people think that your competition is the, the guy next door selling the same thing that you're selling, but it's not. It's your cell phone, it's Twitter, it's Blab, it's Facebook, is your girlfriend, it's your friends calling, it's everybody, right? So yeah. how can I get your attention? That's the first first thing. If I don't have your attention, I'm done. Right. I figured that the best way, the fastest way, the most powerful way from all to get your attention is to immediately focus on your most painful problem. It's like you have like a neck uh, um, pain. You know, if someone touches your on the neck, you'll immediately, you know, they will get your attention, right? So you need to get people's attention. And then when you have their attention, there's you have like five seconds to show them why they should care about you. And you need to be prepared for, for doing that. Otherwise, you know, they will, you know, just move on to the next guy. <laughs> so I believe that the more you know about sales, the more able you are to help the people who are right now desperately looking for you, but they don't know you and that's your fault. Right. So you have to be in the marketplace, get their attention immediately, show them how you can help them and then proceed to help them immediately. Very cool. Good shit. <laughs> All right, so let's get into, let's get into some new year's resolutions. Mr. Scalise. Yes. We're only what seven I'm days in. What I'm <laughs> in is hearing one of your resolutions. And then some of the goals that you can strive towards to meet or accomplish that resolution. Sure. So I guess um, I have a lot of different resolutions. I like, well, I don't know if they're resolutions. Yeah, like the way I see this, like we can kind of go like, kind of like round, like round the table almost yeah. and like one time go one by one share a resolution. Right. So like one of mine is, I want to create a product of some sort yeah. this year. And I don't really even know what it's going to be. Um, okay. I know it's going to have something to do with marketing, obviously. Um, it's most likely going to be a course because 2015 was really a, a big year for me to start really building up my email list, building up my, my online following. And yeah. now it's like I've ha I have people that are interested in, in some sort of product. And that's really seems to be the, the way to go instead of, because right now I'm, I'm doing consulting, marketing consultant. Yeah. Um, and that's, you're basically selling your, your time. And there's only so much of that. And with a product, it's something that sells itself almost. Uh, and it can sell, you, you can sell it so many times. Um, it's much right. easier to, to, to grow. So that's probably my main focus for 2015 is to figure out what that product's going to be put it together, market it, and then release it. Yeah, very cool. Good awesome. luck, Nicholas. All right, Bruno, let's hear a resolution you have. Yeah. Okay, yeah, basically I have three major resolutions. Let's start with the um, first one. First one, yeah. First resolution, expand my potential. Okay. Second one is to sell my potential in the marketplace. And the third one is to help others do the same. And what do I mean by expanding my potential? Um, I, what I mean by expanding my potential is my potential to help people. Okay. And what people do I want to help? Well, I figured that what I call young hustlers, uh, millennials, people, you know, people who are at, at the same stage where I was like 10 years ago when I started working. Mm -hmm. 
and as now I, I have the ability to uh, lead them in software development projects, I figure that it's my you know responsibility to uh, make sure that the next 10 years for them, they, they have the opportunity to make different mistakes that I did and you know just give give away uh, right now the tools that i know that have the power to make their careers uh, grow faster and um you know ha have the chance to make different mistakes and learn um so that's the expand the potential thing uh i actually invested one thousand dollars in uh, um, a training program a sales training program from a, a um, this guy called Grant Cardone. I'm not ah. sure if you guys. Oh yes. All right. So yeah, I'm on his university. Um, after you know, uh, investing in some other products of his, and from all the people that I've been learning about sales, I think that Grant has something special. <laughs> so I'm investing in that. I know that the more I invest in myself, I'm starting the chain of agreement, meaning that the marketplace will understand that makes sense to uh, throw money at me because I'm the first one throwing money at me, you know, investing in myself. Yeah. So um, the rest will take care of itself, I hope. So it sounds like you're really focus on, focusing on internalizing your growth potential first. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to take care of myself first. Like It's like on the airplane, right? When, when the masks drop, you need to take care of yourself first. So... Absolutely. I, I, cannot, I cannot really help you guys much if I don't, you know, have the skills myself. So yeah, it doesn't make absolutely. sense to, to, oh yeah, I'm an expert because I've read this many books. No, I, I need to actually do this stuff. Well, you do, um, you do software development, right? Yeah. I started as a software developer. Yes. So and then, it seems like a lot of millennials have ideas and they want to develop some sort of software, probably a, an app. I hear that all the time. Biggest and mistake. So, you know, they just don't have the skills to do that. Have you given thought to that since software development is really your expertise yeah. already? How you can yeah. combine that with a millennial audience? Yeah, like like five years ago, since I had the, the skill to actually develop the, the software without having to pay anyone else, I, I, I made this mistake, which was I, I started building things and then with when I when I got the thing, I was into the marketplace and say, hey, who wants this? So that's the biggest mistake ever because, you know, the whole thing about build it and they will come, forget it. They will never come. True. <laughs> you know, right. oh, but my product is so awesome. Yeah, man, but nobody cares about it. So um, <laughs> so right now I, I'm actually um, like I did like a 180 degrees uh, shift. So, so right now, what I want to do is first validate that there's a marketplace for for the thing, understand, you know, really deep at, at a very deep level what are their problems and pains. So, if if you don't know much about the the, the perfect customer that you want to help, it doesn't matter the software. Software are just bits and bytes. Mm -hmm. Bits and bytes don't do much if those bits and bytes don't make a, a meaningful impact in the lives of people. And in today's day and age, I believe that that impact needs to be really massive. It, it, it doesn't, right. you know, being just good enough. You, you guys don't talk to your friends about good enough apps, right? Mm -hmm. You guys talk about what? Really bad apps, really lousy experiences, and 
amazing experiences. So, so right. the things that are in the middle, you know, you just don't talk much right. about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Have I answered your question, Nicholas? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that this generation focuses a lot about building stuff. Yeah. But again, like, like Chris was saying, they think that, oh my God, now I need to sell this shit. Come on. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So I was talking about, okay, expanding my potential. The second thing was selling my potential. So how can I sell my potential? I created a course, much like what Nicholas was saying that he wanted to do. I created a course um, on this new plan that I think that it's worth following. If people are struggling with job hunting, even if they have like million a million degrees and even if they... Uh, sent tons of resumes and they don't have the job yet. I think it's because they're following a broken plan. So what I'm doing is I created uh, an alternative plan, like a five-step plan, um, and I'm creating a course for it. Now, the other way that I'm selling my potential is by coaching. So for the people who want uh, a deeper guidance beyond the course, okay, beyond the videos, beyond all that stuff, they can uh, hire my time and expertise and I will guide them personally towards the results. Interesting. So that where is your course going to be hosted? Is it like on Udemy or is it? Somewhere? Yeah, good, good question. I started by hosting it myself, but then uh, again, I, I, I started advertising it through uh, Facebook ads. Yeah. But I had a really um, hard time marketing the course. So and then and then I I got into the, the the usual problem, which is how do you know if it's your product that sucks, or is it the message that doesn't fit your audience, All or right. are you marketing to a wrong audience? Right. There's like these three variables, right? You can have the right product, the right, right message, but the, the wrong audience not going to work. And then you have all kinds of combinations between all these three. And I believe that the only way that you can figure it out is by testing it all until you find the one magic formula. Yeah. And one of the good things is a lot of marketers, what they can do um, is put the idea out there in a pre-sale format and, you know, create the landing page for it, maybe get a few Facebook ads running, drive people to the page. And that way you can really tell easily if, if people are signing up for the pre-sale or, you know, to be notified when the course is live, even if you haven't created anything, that's a great way of quickly validating yeah. that idea. Yeah. For, forget about making the course first, right. just create the ad first. If nobody's clicking the ad, forget it. Yeah. And you can even split test different ad copy to see what, you know, if people are more interested in learning sales or learning marketing or learning job hunting skills and then, that might drive you in the in the right direction for the actual course that you end up creating. Which will lead us to the point where it's easier to find the, the marketplace where people are already searching for, uh, even better is if they are searching desperately for a certain solution, then it is to convince them then the solution that they're looking for is not really the best solution and they want something else. Oh my God, that, that, that's, that's really hard. So sure. best for us to find the ones who are already desperately looking for us, for our products, than to convince them that they're wrong. Exactly. So, so awesome. those, are, those are all good thoughts. Uh, I think um, 
that that is a really good conversation we could have separately about marketing and sales. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, you know, I'm sure you know, we all have experience in marketing and sales, and we could all go on and on and on. Yeah, easy. that would probably be a really great conversation that we could have at a later time. But I do want to get back to resolutions for 2015. Uh, sorry, 2016. 2016, exactly. And some of the goals we have. So Nicholas, what is uh, another one of your resolutions? Well, you didn't say any yet. It's your turn, right? Um, <laughs> you can't get out of it. <laughs> I was trying to escape. Gotta go in a circle. Um, I think the first one, and I'm not really a Zen guy, but this is kind of freaking Zen. Um, the first one is becoming more self-aware. And I think that's really, really important for anything you ever want to do. Because when you become self-aware, you really understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think I I think it's something, it's always something to reach a higher level of, right? It's something always to get better at, you know, so the best athletes always feel like they can get better at something. I think self-awareness is something that everybody at any given point in their life can get better at having a deeper understanding of, the, of themselves. So once you do that, I think it's really important. The reason this is my top resolution because once you do that, you really understand your strengths and your weaknesses. And then you yeah. can really go all in on your strengths and not give a shit about what you suck at, what your weaknesses are. So that's something throughout the year I want to spend a lot of time doing. So that, I think that will require a lot of like, you know, looking into myself, which, you know, for anyone can kind of be intimidating because no one wants to really tap into your own mind, right? Because you might scare yourself. Um <laughs> But once you once you do that, you can really bet on your strengths, and I think the best way to have success is betting on your strengths. And when you do when you do that, also you can develop a greater deal of confidence in yourself because mm -hmm. you really know what you're good at. And when when you have an understanding of that, the detractors won't bother you as much. You know, I love the saying: "Ignore the booze; they come from the cheap seats." it's much easier to ignore the booze when you have confidence. And I think confidence is derived from knowing what your strengths are. Um, so that that's probably my, the top one. I have some others, but I'd love to hear some of you all's other resolutions too. Can I just add something to what you just said, Chris? Yeah. Because uh, just very recently when I, when the year started, I sent out an email to everyone who interacted with me personally at work, uh, not at work, you know, everybody who got in touch with me. And it was and it said, like, was it like personalized one by one? No, it was like ma mass email to okay. all, all of them. Okay. And I said, Hey, first of all, the subject was, um, let's crush 2016 together. Uh, and then the whole pitch was for them to answer a survey with three questions the whole point about the survey was to give me more self-awareness about my superpower right i believe that if i had total clarity about what my superpower is i could really understand how can i can use it to make an impact just like you were saying the first question that i asked them is exactly uh hey what is my superpower tell me i need to know it right and i gave them a list of options of things that i had in mind about what my superpower could be in previous years i just gave them like an open text thing that they could write whatever they wanted 
the thing was, I think that people got weirded out because, oh my God, I don't know what I should write. And then they run away. Now in yeah. this version, because I gave them some options and then I gave them a last option, which was like other and that they could write whatever they wanted. People actually completed the, the question, which was cool. But the second question is more powerful because it expands on the first one by asking them, hey, give me something that I did using my superpower that was super helpful for you. And then I gave them a specific way that they could answer like, hey, there was this one time when Chris did this and then blank. And the reason why it was so helpful for me was because of blank. And then you got not only a, a, an event where you used your superpower, but also the reason why they thought it was so valuable. And it might be different than the reasons that you have in your mind about, you know, why people care about that right. thing that you do so well. The first... So do you think... I'm sorry, go ahead. What was the third uh, one? The third one, yeah. third one was, in 2016, I want Chris to help me with... And then I give them some options like... Uh, I want Bruno to help me with his superpower, to teach me his superpower, or I want Bruno to help me find my superpower and so on. And what, what this enabled me to do was to understand what my marketplace of people that already know me, like me, and trust me, wanted me to help them this year. So right. the next time that I reach out to them and say, hey, Remember the survey that you guys uh, answered? I understand that you guys need help with this stuff. And here's the course that I created for you. I have this coaching program that you can uh, sign in and sign up for. And yeah, it, it worked really well. And the way that I did it, um, it had like a 66% completion rate, meaning that three questions. Yeah. And this includes opening the email, going into the survey, completing the three the questions. Through. Yeah. Wow. So if, if you guys are now, if you guys are interested, I can send you a, a link where I I, I I I give you the step by step guide with the exact phrases and texts that I used, so you can guys test it out. Yeah, I think that's interesting because the point I was the point I brought up was kind of looking internally, but at some point you do need external feedback, and that's a I think a unique way to do that. I think so. Yeah. Now, do you think? Uh, the feedback you got from your, the people you emailed, was it, was it, you know, authentic number one and was it a valuable or B actionable? Um, good questions. Um, the, the fact that the survey was anonymous, the responses were anonymous. It helped people be, uh, real. Uh, so that's, that's cool. yeah, that was one of the things that I wrote on email and say, Hey, the survey is completely anonymous. Feel free to talk bad. Uh, about me, you know. Did you get any responses that were very authentic to that extent, where you know that they would only say it if they're if they know that it's anonymous? Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't got any negative feedback. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, okay. but but again, maybe the people who who had negative feedback about me didn't answer the survey because I only got sixty six percent. Right. So uh, the second question was if it was actionable. I think it was because, again, the, the, the fact that I used the options, the options that I gave them was very uh, action-oriented. Uh, action For instance, the third question, the, the, um, the options that I gave them where they could request right. my help was super action-oriented. Yeah, like, hey, Bruno, please help me uh, they told you figure they out told what you. my superpower is. And I can go ahead and say, okay, here, here I am. I created this for you. 
I think oh. we might be losing Bruno here. This is a uh, poor internet. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I Are can you? hear everybody. All right, cool. Um, so that's a, that's a definitely a unique way to get external feedback. Nick, what, what's another one of your resolutions? So one of mine is to read a book for at least 30 minutes every day, uh, preferably in the evening. Um, because like I've noticed that I've been reading a lot of blog. Obviously, I'm always reading blog posts because I have to keep up on, on my industry. Um, but I haven't really been reading a lot of, uh, mostly not uh, nonfiction is really what I'm trying to do. So right really? now I'm reading a book called uh, Ready Player One. And it's like a sci-fi book that's going to be a movie later this year. Um, so I'm just trying to get in at least 30 minutes of reading a day that's not really work-related. Wait, so more fiction? Uh, non-fiction. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Fiction. fiction. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, fiction. So, yeah, right now I'm reading like a sci-fi book. I um I can relate to that. One of my one of my overall resolutions is to be more disciplined. And that means like all, all the main things like eating better, working out more. I literally just got done with a run. So I'm trying to get into the rhythm. I've, I've worked right. out every day. Um, time management, money management, you know, grow this podcast, be more disciplined with this pro podcast. But also I have a sh literally a shit ton of books. Like I have a whole bookshelf over here that's full of books and they're ready for me to read. And I'm not disciplined enough to take the time to do it. Right. So, so far, have you found success in that 30 minute window to set for yourself? Yeah. And what I find very helpful is I'm using an app called Streaks. And what's cool about Streaks is that it, the of whole course you're using an app. Yeah, of course. Yeah, is the app man. Everything I do has got to be an app. So like <laughs> what's cool about it is it gets you in the cycle of completing a task. And then the next day, you don't want to break that cycle because you want to get the streak. You want to get like the longest chain of of completed tasks as possible okay. so it's sort of a a real good influencer because then it's like oh no i don't want to you know i read a book I, I read for 30 minutes for the last six days i need to keep it going so it hasn't been 100 percent yet because like what i find useful is to have a lot of um small daily goals and then have like some big goals that are maybe monthly um quarterly yearly so like you know for my little goals it's go to the gym at least four times a week. It's read for right. 30 minutes a day. It's don't drink soda. I completely gave up soda for like the last month. That's a good one. Yeah. But I am, I'm hooked on, I hope this doesn't count as soda. La, la croix. I don't even know. Right. No, it's la just, um, it's just whatever, whatever um, flavor you get. Usually yeah. they're natural flavors. They don't put any sugar. There's yeah. no sodium. There's no calories and just carbonated water. This one's coconut flavored. I like the actually I have lime in the other room. Oh yeah, I have the lime in there too. And Michelle well, loves that, the, uh, the mango flavor. This stuff is addictive. What, what I like about that is I know I really like carbonated drinks. Yeah. Like I don't it's not soda so much. I just like the carbonation. So that's right. a really good alternative where I don't really have to give up what I like. Exactly. On the healthier alternative. I know? wish I would have known about this stuff uh, years ago. It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> So, you know, little stuff like that, just having the small daily goals and then having some bigger goals like creating a course. Um, I want to get a certification, a marketing certification called the, the PCM certification, which is the Professional Certified Marketer uh, from the American Marketing Association. So I'm working on that. But that's like a big goal. That's going to take three months. But then 
if I can try to go to the gym four days a week and do that for the entire year, that's, that's a small daily goal. So you I guys, think it's important to have a balance of both. Yeah. Kind of to that point, let me ask you guys a question. Do you feel like when you have so much going on, you end up being more productive? And what I mean is like you, you, you Nick, you were talking about a lot of little things you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And if you stack those little things on top of each other, you end up being a much more productive person in general. Like, I want to work out every day. Part of that, like I'm joining a kickball league. And I don't I don't really love kickball, yeah. but I want to be active at least that night of the week. Right. And what that I've learned helps me do is when I'm busy and I have all these things to do, I don't procrastinate as much because when I don't have as much to do, I can optimistically, but really wrongly think I can put it off to later. But I know if I'm really, really busy. I only have one short window to do X, Y, Z, and I have to do it then. So I do actually do it then. Exactly. You guys have do you? Do you find anything similar for yourself? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even today is a good example because I knew we, I, we had to record this show. So I needed to go to Ikea to get a shelf. And we went like at, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon. And I probably would have put that off and maybe said, oh, you know, we'll go around seven o'clock or that would have became the weekend. So yeah, definitely when you have something that you know you need to do, it's on your calendar you're committed to it. It's definitely going to help uh, make you realize that your time is your most precious resource. What about you, Bruno? Do you feel like when you're, when you have a lot to do, you end up getting in a better rhythm, a better uh, pattern, better habits with your time? Uh, I think, I think we lost your audio. Can you hear him? You're on mute. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Um, we didn't I, hear any of that. Okay, yeah, I agree with you because since the first uh, time that I was studying for my first degree, I immediately started working at the same time. So I was being, you know, I, I'm being used to, to to have constant, you know, side hustle going right. on. Um, one thing that I noticed, though, uh, that it works for me very well is to have like a schedule, like a seven day schedule recurring thing where I have like time slots dedicated to everything that I want to do, including meals, including sleep, including things like I'm doing right now. Now, this doesn't mean like I thought years ago that even if I didn't want to do something while I was completely inspired to do something else that I had to do the thing that I didn't want to do right now. Does it make sense? Yeah. I figured out that when you're completely inspired to do something, in my personal opinion, it works for me to just shift my focus to what I'm completely inspired because that one hour of complete inspiration and total clarity about what you want to do is worth like, more than 10 sessions of you, you you just grinding and doing because you have to, right? And I think that's the reason why most people don't stick to their New Year's resolutions. Because they, they think, hey, my New Year resolution is to go to the gym like three days a week. Mm -hmm. It's the New Year's resolution to go to the gym. And then they go to the gym and it's a painful experience. <laughs> Right. What, what, what your mind is going to, to, to associate the gym with is with pain. Now, you have your will, willpower, right? It's a muscle. You have willpower. And it's painful, but you go anyway because you don't want to be uh, a failure by giving up or quitting on your New Year's resolution. But the point is, if, if the freaking experience is only pain, 
we are hardwired to run away from pain and to seek pleasure. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's, that's the reason why. That, that's the number of reason why New Year's resolutions don't work because I think that we are asking the wrong questions. I think that we are asking, "Hey, how can I uh, be more, uh, you know, healthy?" Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to go to the gym. But what if we ask ourselves, "How can I be in my best shape of my life while having fun?" Right. Now your brain yeah. is going to look for, okay, the gym is not fun for me, but what else is fun? Hey, maybe playing soccer is fun. And I, and I have my cardio on, I have my friends, I have this and I have that, I have the outdoors going on for me. So yeah. I think that by asking the questions, um, different questions can lead to different results. And I'm a big fan of seeking pleasure. You know, if, if the thing yeah. isn't pleasure, um, giving you pleasure, so sooner or later, you're going to either hate it or quit it's it's kind of like yeah it's you know you have to really challenge yourself to think of how can you have the best of both worlds and not have to make so many trade-offs exactly that's a big breakthrough for me when when i when every time that i catch myself thinking should i have this or this i try to be self-aware in that moment and say hey why not both Oh, should I follow my passion or should I follow money? Hey, man, why not both? Right, right. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's that's a great outlook for you could apply that to so many different circumstances for sure. Indeed. And by the way, sorry, sorry, go ahead. One of the things I wanted to share with you both, I um, I I flew um, Bruno to give you some background. we live in South Florida, but I'm originally from Massachusetts, which okay. is in Northeast right. of the United States. And I flew home for Thanksgiving to my hometown. And I actually got to reconnect with the superintendent of our schools and a teacher I had in high school. And I hadn't seen either of these guys for, it was both probably five years. No, the superintendent five years. And then the teacher who I was, uh, close with. He was a good mentor for me. Uh, I hadn't seen him in probably two, maybe three. It had been a long time. And just reconnecting with them was pretty great. It was um, a really, really good experience. And it kind of, um, in a way, reverts you back to um, some of the good things you used to do at a younger age. And, and I know it kind of sounds weird. It's not regressing, but you know, it's a reminder of, of, uh, what you can do by, you know, just by simply reconnecting with people. Um, so I want to, I want to do that more. So one of my resolutions is to be more connected. So one of my goals this year is to reconnect with somebody and like, actually like physically hang out with them, not call them, not, you know, I love blab and podcasting, but not connect with them digitally, actually physically visit with them someone I haven't seen in two or more years because the experience of seeing these guys over Thanksgiving, these gentlemen um, was pretty great. And I, and, and um, I really enjoyed that. I want to do more of that. Um, So I was just wondering if if any of you recently have had an experience like that, where you reconnected with somebody who you haven't seen or spoken to in a long time and you know, how beneficial that might've been. I know it's really open-ended. I have, yeah, I have a similar 
it's not similar, but it's the same feeling, but it's completely different, which is okay. my daughter. She is two years old. And as a father, I have the opportunity to see her grow, right, for the past two years. Right. And it's amazing the things that I'm remembering, how we operate when we are two years old, when we are right. a child. And I think that there's so much for us to benefit from and to gain if we adopt a childlike approach, not being childish, right? Going, you know, throwing tantrums because, oh, right, right. God, nobody buys from me or this or that. Oh, my God, I'm going to throw myself on the ground. But being childlike, being completely uh, committed to explore the environment around you with zero right. fear about what's going to happen. More open-minded. More open-minded and to be completely delighted and uh, everything is... Um, I don't know. It's she. She has this sense of um, I, I, I can't find the word for it. But she she's always always happy, right? Because what <laughs> everything for her is something you know amazing. Oh my god, the TV! Oh my god, this tree <laughs> is green. Ah, amazing! Right, <laughs> see you guys. And one more thing, I think that when when she really wants something, she doesn't quit. So she already is ready for being a, a really successful person. My job as, as her dad is to not mess her up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Interesting thing. So yeah, I totally um, relate to that experience of reconnecting with who we yeah. once were. What about you, Nicholas? Uh, nothing, nothing I can think of. I guess the, the closest would be Going back to the gym example, um, the mm -hmm. gym that I've been going, working out at uh, is actually the gym I used to work at. And it's amazing that I used to sell gym memberships. That's that first sales job that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. That's definitely reconnecting. Yeah. But the weird yeah. thing is, like, this was 10 years ago now. Like, that was my first really big, like, to me, I was, like, 18 years old. That was the first, like, official job I had other than the the small jobs, but I can't believe that was 10 years ago. And going to that same gym now, because I've always lived right, you know, right here in Boca Raton, this is where I grew up in South Florida. It's, it's weird. It's almost like deja vu because I see some of the same people, the same members. I mean, most of the employees have moved on except for a few of the managers, but I see some of the members that I signed up 10 years ago. And, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll remember me. Sometimes they just give you that look like kind of looks familiar. But it's just very strange going to that place where I've learned so much and seeing the same people there. And, you know, I've talked to a few of them and just, you know, it's just a, it's an, it's an inspiring place to go because just to think of all the different things I've done in the, in the last 10 years since yeah. I left that place, it was because of that job that I decided to go to college, get a degree, get a master's degree, get into marketing, do all the things I've done. And that's like where it started. So it's cool to be able to reconnect with that and to reconnect with the people uh, that were a part of that. Absolutely. So um, some I think some really great stuff here. And we talked a lot about some of the things, a lot of the things we want to do over the year. So what I want to ask next is we have 12 months. <laughs> and obviously, hopefully, the last 12 months for the three of us were very productive and successful. So how can what would success mean for you 12 months from now? 
good question. I mean, that's my number one frustration or number two or three. It's 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 right at the top <laughs> because I don't know if you guys feel the same, but um, and this is one of my biggest weaknesses, which is once I achieve something, I take very little time to celebrate it. My my immediate reaction is, hey, great, awesome, what's next? And when I fail at something, I actually took a, take a lot of the time and see, oh my God, so what did I do wrong? What's, what's the lesson here and blah, blah, blah. So I feel like even though I've, right now, I'm exactly where I thought and I um, aimed that I should be in 10 years. Okay, so when I started working, I figured, hey, I need to become this business guy uh, in the software development industry. And now I'm the business guy in the software development industry, but I don't feel successful, right? I, I feel like that I have so much more to give, um, not only for my sake, not only for, you know, blowing up my bank account, but because of the people that are right now desperately looking for my help and for my skills. So... I feel like I'm successful, but I feel like I'm really not satisfied yet, right? So answering your question, what would success feel like or look like this year for me? Hopefully, success will feel like, um, I, I, I would feel successful if I'm more able to uh, sell my potential in the marketplace and help more people do exactly the same, all right? And I want to maximize the amount of time that I'm going to invest in that, in those activities. Um, so, yeah, if I could be full time at that, uh, you know, mission, that will be awesome. Very cool. That's pretty cool. What about you guys? Well, I would say, um, you know, in the past, I think my problem with New Year's resolutions and goals in general is that I've always just focused on the really big goals and like, this is what I'm going to do this year. And I know we talked about this before and, and about how I like to have smaller goals and some big goals, but I think in terms of defining success, I would like to be able to look back on 2016 and say that every single day or almost every single day, I accomplished at least one thing that was memorable maybe memorable to me, maybe memorable because it impacted someone else's life. But every single day, I tried to do something that isn't inconsequential, like just going to the gym. That's inconsequential in in single, in single one single incident. But in the grand scheme of things, obviously, it's important because it helps you become healthier. Um, but, you know, I'd love to be able to look back and, and say every single day I strived, and maybe I didn't accomplish it, but I tried to do something that day with the 24 hours that I had to either make my life better, make someone else's life better, um, really improve myself mentally, physically, whatever, but to try to do it in that small daily grind yeah. attitude instead of just focusing on monthly or quarterly or, or yearly goals, but really getting down to each single day. Yeah, that's. I think that's so important and it's such a great approach. Definitely. What about you? So I think um, I think I'm really focused on succeeding at two things this year. Um, one is financial, one is personal, and ultimately, um, ultimately, I I think this is the year I really want to take my investing seriously, 
I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of spent the last, you know, three months of 2015 trying to learn more about uh, investing. And it's something I've become relatively passionate about. I always had a passion for it, but this year is the year I really want to take it seriously. Um, you know, I'm going to turn 25 this year. I want to buy the Red Sox. It takes a lot of money to buy the Red Sox. So I have to get going. And I have, I have uh, a, a general idea of, of how I want to approach that. So in 12 months, if my quote unquote portfolio, if you will, has grown substantially, I think that would be a good year. Um, yeah. And it's, I have some very specific ideas of how I want to do that. But in addition to that, I think um, the resolution of being more connected that I mentioned earlier and really uh, establishing rapport with more people and deepening the rapport I have with the folks I already know pretty well. I think that's really, really important because, you know, we all have goals and, and we all want to achieve things. And I think that's awesome. And you, both of you gentlemen, I think have some tremendous goals and I feel pretty confident you're both going to uh, uh, accomplish them and, and um, even rise above them. But at the end of the day, I think the most successful people are the ones who have the most people at their funerals. So, you know, I don't want to die for another hundred years from now, but when I do finally go, I want to have the biggest funeral of all time. And I want it to be one big party. And I think the only way to do that is to have really great relationships with a lot of people. So I really want to grow uh, rapport with people I know and, and, and meet new people and establish great relationships. And I could say you've so always been good at that. That's the one, that's one of the many things that is very memorable about you. Cause you know, um, Bruno, I've known Chris for a long time now cause we went to college together. And one thing that you've always had is, is a great reputation with everyone you, who you come in contact with. And that's very noticeable. So I think that's a, that's a great goal that you're definitely going to keep accomplishing. Well, thanks, buddy. I can definitely say the same for you. Definitely. Everybody, everybody who ever has known Nick Scalise loves Nick Scalise. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Except for the, the name. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how I say all my neighbors after yeah. the New Year's party, but uh, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to grow my rapport with them too. All right, gentlemen. I think that's going to do it for episode 10 yep. of the Millennial Grind podcast. Bruno, thanks so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. Before we go, um, is there a way for folks to find your work, Millennials yeah. Helping Millennials, on how to sell? Yeah, best way is for just going into my site, uh, which is Coelho, that's C-O-E-L-H-O.com. And then Great. from then you can find me everywhere. Great. And one of my goals uh, this year, another side goal I have, is to actually create show notes for all our episodes. Um, and hopefully with this episode, we'll have the show notes on our website, millennialgrind.com. And Bruno will certainly um, provide the URL to your site there for folks who want to hit you up there. And we certainly, we certainly want to keep in contact with you. Yeah. Um, and we'll let you know when the, when the episode's up and, up and live and ready to be promoted. Absolutely. Great. And we definitely um, would love potentially down the road to hear more about your ideas of proper selling. Would love to. That would be a great episode. Sales from yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's find um, a way to do it. Well, all right, gentlemen. I hope you have a kick-ass 2016. I hope everyone listening has a kick-ass 2016. You only live once. Try to do something special, everybody.
Mm. Until next time. Take care. Take care, guys. Cheers.